Welcome to A Life That Lasts. I am your host, Kendall Keeler, author of Your Last 24, a book about courageously facing death. I'm here with my friend, Nancy Angle, a mom, a grandma, a writer, and a cancer warrior. Together, we are discussing each chapter of my book and interviewing various guests who can provide helpful perspectives on this often avoided topic of death. You can find lots more information about us, the podcast, and my book at kendallkeeler.com. That's spelled K-E-N-D-A-L-L-K-E-E-L-E-R.com. Hi, courageous friends. I'm Nancy Angle, and this is episode number three of the podcast. It's Sunday, the 13th of December, 2020, as we record this. Today, we will be doing a little discussing of chapter two, titled Hour Two, Seeking Hope, and interviewing my friend, Sharon Settle. Yes, Nancy, I'm really excited for our audience to hear Sharon's story. It connects so perfectly with this theme of hope, and don't we need hope uh, right now, uh, especially in the Christmas season and, and heading into 2021? Absolutely. Okay, well, today we are blessed to have a lady here by the name of Sharon. So Sharon, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and your story. Goodness, well, first of all, Nancy, my friend, brought me here, and uh, I knew her um, about 30 years ago, as I told you earlier, as a new Christian, but I also added that I've been a new Christian pretty often. Mm Mm-hmm. So in 2016, I had a um, a kidney transplant, and I was a recipient of my niece Jolene' kidney, wow. and she had prayed, asking God when would be the perfect time. And He pretty much gave her a month date, mm. March. So March was a go. Wow. And unbeknownst to me, she had gotten tested. I had no idea. And she surprised me. Hey, guess what, Aunt Sharon? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And she had told me this at a family reunion, actually. And I wasn't following the Lord at this point. But I just remember getting down on my knees and raising my hands and just thanking God mm-hmm. that um, somebody was willing or loved me enough to give me a kidney. Wow. So it was a couple years after that. Um, we both went to um, the Harrisburg Hospital, and everything went well. I had my kidney. Um, she went home. I went home. Within a week, they were calling me back. Apparently, some blood work that I did um, didn't look very good, mm-hmm. and they thought I was losing my kidney. Mm-hmm. What they actually found was that I had cancer. I didn't understand it. They never used the word cancer. They had some big falutin names for it that I didn't understand. (laughs) And I was in denial. Okay, whatever it is, we'll fight it. I'll be good. And I just remember one of the transplant, uh, kidney transplant surgeons saying to me, and I love her. I can't say her name, but I love her. She said, hey, if you lose this one, we'll just give you another one. Mm. So I sort of felt, you know, fear at one point and reassured in the other, but I never lost it. Yeah. Um, they worked very hard to save my kidney, and they did. Mm-hmm. And at one point in the hospital, um, when I finally understood what I was battling, I just raised, I raised my hands in the air, 
And I said, God, here I am again. I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. And once again, I reached out to him every single time I've gotten in trouble. He was expecting me. Yes. <laughs> wow. I know. Yeah. He had the door already open. He did. It was all planned. He has been pursuing me for years. And I know that because all of this was an answer to prayer. What people don't know about me is for many years, my prayer was, oh, God, please don't give up on me. Mm. And when that wasn't working, I, my prayer was, Lord, please allow something to happen to me to bring me closer to you. Well, mm. Sharon, he did allow it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm grateful. Wow. If someone were to ask me if I had a choice whether I would want this cancer or if I had or not have it, and that was my choice, I would still say yes because I've been blessed more than anyone can imagine. Mm. Mm. It's just been a great journey. Wow. And that's why I thought of you, Sharon, because a lot of the gist of what Kendall and I are thinking about some of the parts of his book refers to suffering as a blessing. And when I thought of that, I pictured you mm. because, well, we lost touch. Yeah. And then you reached out to me. And by the time I saw it, because you heard that I had a cancer diagnosis. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the message till like six months later. But then when we did connect, it was such a God thing. I mean, we met in this pizza shop and we were both sobbing. <laughs> mm-hmm. We hadn't we seen each other That's in years good. and here yeah. we are walking the same journey. And wow. it was a God moment. And it, it has was. been ever since. But since we have reconnected, that has been the theme of what you've been saying to me. Is God has used this to do good things in my life. Mm. That's the truth. And my goal is if this or any part of my journey can reach one person for him, it's worth it all. Mm. Now, I still have my moments. And God <laughs> well, is uh, work, mm-hmm. doing a work through me. I'm not perfect. So those of you out here that do hear me, they're like, oh, Sharon, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, the same well, could be said for all of us. Yes, I do love yes. the Lord. And uh, I'm, I... And becoming more and more comfortable with being outspoken about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you went through, tell us a little bit about your cancer journey then. It was a God thing. The, the kidney led you to find the yeah. cancer. Yes. So now the kidney issue is doing okay. Right. What has your cancer journey been like? Um, it's been difficult. Um, it's not the kind of cancer that is going to go away. It just hides sometimes. Uh, right now I'm going through chemo again, and it's probably the worst thing I've ever been through mm. with a lot of side effects. But I'm alive, and others have gone through worse than I have. Mm-hmm. So I'm still grateful. You know, if this can give me a few more years, it's worth it. I want to see, you know, my grandchildren as yes. often as I can, my my daughter, my son, you know, his wife, I want to see all my family as often as I possibly can. can and that's a priority for me, mm-hmm. especially my grandchildren. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy and I were actually talking, uh, <laughs> I think it was one of the recent episodes we were talking about this idea of having grandchildren, and I don't have that privilege yet. So um, I'm looking forward to that. It's, it sounds like a, a beautiful experience to have those grandchildren. If you could say something 
to your grandchildren, mm. what would you want them to know that you've learned through this journey? Wow. The first thing that just popped into my head was God is faithful no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm, amen. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I'm, I, I also know is God is the only one that can give you real joy. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Joy in the midst of... Of suffering. Suffering, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what today is in the Advent calendar? It's the Sunday that focuses on joy. Get out. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, my word. It is the Sunday in the Advent calendar that this is the focus of joy. Um, the shepherds, when they heard, they rejoiced. So and Jesus, I think maybe you refer to this in your book. Jesus for the joy set before him, mm. endured the cross. That has meant so much to me in this journey. Yeah, He willingly suffered like immeasurable suffering mm-hmm. for because he loved us and for the joy of bringing us into his family. Yeah. And our suffering can produce really great things in our lives. It does. Yeah. Yeah, suffering, if suffering doesn't have something on the other side of it, then I think it's very difficult to have joy in the midst of your suffering. Yes. But if you know that there's something on the other side of that suffering. Now, I have never had cancer, but I have had other situations. I talk in my book about, so I'm a, I'm a bicycle rider, and I have fallen and had some very... Uh, serious abrasions and had nurses get the gravel out of the abrasions. And I knew that I could suffer through that because I knew on the other side of that was going to be healing. And I understood that the suffering had a purpose. But this, And the same goes for me. I can suffer now because I do know mm-hmm. there's something on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when we say suffering, we're not just talking about a cancer diagnosis. There are no. so many, so many things in this life that cause suffering and yeah. grief and hardship. Mm-hmm. But as a believer, we have that joy set before us. We know that we know there's a purpose. Mm-hmm. I believe there's a purpose for yeah. whatever we walk through, and it's a good purpose for mm-hmm. each of us. Yeah, who love Him, and so the joy of the Lord is our strength. It gives us strength. To face, you've had a bone marrow transplant. You've had chemo. It's horrible. It's all the things that we suffer in this world, a loss of a spouse or a Mm -hmm. child. or Mm -hmm. It's just all of the painful things that can happen. If we know that our lives are in God's hands, Mm -hmm. there can be joy in the journey. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy thing. No, and joy isn't an easy thing through all of it either, is it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but it's uh, our goal. Let's put it that right. way. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not thinking about joy when I'm whining on the couch <laughs> yeah. with my side effects of chemo. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's for real. <laughs> so, Sharon, what would you say to someone who might be listening to today's podcast um, who doesn't have a relationship with God and is is wondering when you say there's purpose in this suffering that God is faithful what would you say to them i mean you've said that that uh you've felt like a new christian multiple times <laughs> go go back to that place when when you felt like you were a new christian what was it that 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 helped you take that step toward towards God again. I knew that he was the only one that was going to get me through everything that, that was ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And through it all, um, once I went back to him again, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, a giddiness or, right. or any kind of feeling. There was a calmness because I knew it was a, everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It was just peace. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a good one, peace. You're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's so true because... I think what I have attempted to help people recognize, at least that was one of my goals in writing this book, was to help people realize that in and of ourselves, we we come to the end of ourselves. We can't, if there isn't a God who has provided purpose through the pain, mm-hmm. if we can't trust him, if things really are kind of meaningless, then then we lose hope. I mean, there's no, if there's no purpose in the pain, then we, I think that's why in the face of death, people so often ask the question of why, because they want to know purpose. They want to know, is there a purpose to this pain? Yeah. I do remember talking to a girl years ago that um, was battling cancer, and I said to her, um, did you ask God to help you? Mm-hmm. She was at the opposite spectrum and okay. she wanted nothing to do with God. Yeah. Which yeah. I had a hard time understanding. And maybe it has a lot to do with my upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a good foundation. I did. And a lot mm-hmm. of people don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel very blessed. I mean, God knew I was going to go through this before I was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he did give me the foundation that I needed. Yeah. That's great. God is really using Sharon in her workplace. Mm. She's just a very real person mm-hmm. and it just very is very impressive to me how you live real life, you you're walking this journey. Your main desire, what I gather, is to bring others with you. You're right. And you can do that subtly, which mm-hmm. I do at, at work. I, yeah. I have to be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I put a word in here or there. Yeah. Yeah. And people watch how someone lives. Yes, I've told you that. Yeah, I am very aware of that. <laughs> I, I slipped up one time at work. A couple, it's been years. I'm going to say a couple, but it's more than that. And I remember some, a guy saying to me, well, you're not a Christian if you laughed at that. And my eyes, I mean, I still remember. My eyes got big and I said, yes, I am. I'm not perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a misconception that so many people have is that Christian means 
perfect, when Christian means Christ, like a little Christ, like I'm fo- I'm trying to follow him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and when you're trying to follow Christ, you're going to slip. I mean, the whole purpose of why I need to follow Christ, why I need God, is because I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I say people are watching, I think that, at least in my experience, what they're watching for is authenticity. A, a person who... Yes. Yes. is honest. If they make a mistake, right. they admit it. What Where Christians really get blasted is when we uh, act like we never make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm full of them. <laughs> Every uh, single day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I need Jesus. I will tell you that. Amen. So in his book, Kendall refers to the scripture in Romans that says, suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Now, we want to get to the hope part without going through the other things, right? I think I have enough character. <laughs> <laughs> but the gist of what we've been sharing today is that you have, you've allowed this process to happen, and you have allowed your suffering to produce endurance. Yes, it's an ongoing thing. But ultimately, you have hope. What is your main hope, Sharon? My main hope right now um, is to be closer to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he has for me when I go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Amen. Honestly. Yeah. We had talked about that, haven't we? It's when you get a life-threatening diagnosis... It causes you to think of eternity and live each day more in light of eternity, which is what you are trying to do, Kendall, yeah. just in general, because mm-hmm. it's a good place to be. It is. For me, though, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle mm-hmm. every day because I'm not around a lot of Christians. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. So it, it's difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to focus, on, it's difficult to focus on eternity, or it's difficult to focus on what what part of it is difficult to um, stay the path mm-hmm. and to keep my focus on God. Honestly, it's a struggle for me some days. Mm-hmm. So if if you were if you were me and I were you, what there advice what advice would you give yourself? What would you tell me? Discipline. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling myself that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Discipline. Boy, that's read read a verse every day, which is what I do, but also add a little bit more to that every day. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I actually um have a very young friend and I don't know if she realizes how much she's helped me, but she has. And she's actually given me a push mm. to get closer to God. Mm. And right now, I'm going to say this, and then she'll know who she is. Um, my goal is to read one book of Luke every day. Mm. Oh, yes, during the Christmas yes. month. Yes. Oh, that's and good. Yeah. I haven't felt good a couple of days, so I do catch up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or or I'll get my cell phone out and have the 
Yeah, have the reader read yeah, it. The reader read yeah, the reader read it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm, an, I'm an auditory learner. I listen to podcasts all the time, and I love listening to audio That's your Bible, age. too. I'm more of a let me read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and study it. Right, right. But the, the audio part's working yeah. for me. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that's, it's little yeah. steps at a time, and but i got to keep doing that. Yeah. Because I, I can get lazy. So, Sharon, I'll, I, I'll ask you this last question, and Nancy, if you have any other ones. You've probably had some time to think about this with your journey that you've described to us. If you were to advise someone regarding their their last 24 hours, or if you were to think about what what would be very important to you in your last 24 hours, what what would that, some of those things be? Wow, that's really thought-provoking my last 24 i think i'd make my last calls to my children and my grandchildren mm-hmm. my parents yeah yeah um i want to make sure that i was right with god mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty simple yeah but you know my my third book is called jesus last 24 and you know what he did in the first couple hours 24 hours before he died, it was an afternoon. He called his disciples to go prepare a meal because he was going to focus close. I truly believe that we have the biggest effect. Our legacy is in the people who are closest to us. And I think it's just natural that if you ask just about anybody what would you want to do within your last 24 hours? One of the things that people typically say is, I'd want to connect with my family or my friends that are really close to me. And Jesus set that example, that it's through them that we're going to have. That. And how many times, if we're not thinking about that, do we spend most of our day doing all kinds of other stuff and then be like, oh, yeah, I probably should say hi to my family. <laughs> you know, isn't that isn't that true? That's true. That, yeah, yeah. But that's powerful. And also that being right with God. If you think about Jesus in his last 24 hours, he goes to that garden that we were talking about. And who does he focus on? His father. His father. Yeah. Yeah. Without God, I would be without hope, personally. Same here. Yeah, me too. So if anybody listening is wondering what... How they can get hope, I think you've heard three people here say, you can find hope in God, no matter what you're facing today. Amen. Any other closing thoughts? I want to thank Sharon for being willing to come here and share your story with all of us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, actually. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing your life with me and walking this journey together. Oh, Nancy. Encouraging each other in the hope that we have and looking forward to what God has for us in the future. Absolutely. Here and in eternity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll see you there. We're going to have fun. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let Kendall join our party every now and then. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Invite me over. Sit on the deck and have some coffee. Yes, there you go. Have you, heavenly Sharon. coffee. Thank you, Sharon. You're welcome. So, Nancy, what a great interview with Sharon. Uh, it was. 
uh, what a special lady. I, as we think about uh, chapter two of my book that focuses on this theme of seeking hope, the one of the first things that came to my mind was actually a book written by a friend of mine, uh, Ben Foley. He wrote a book just recently that came out called Hope Rising. And so, ironically enough, before I quote from my book and we talk about some of the quotes in there, I thought maybe uh, I would share just a brief quote from his book that really stood out to me about what is the basis of our hope. Okay. And I think especially in this Christmas season, maybe this will be helpful. So uh, Ben Foley in his book, Hope Rising, um, says this, hope is rooted in God's character and nature, despite our feelings or situations. And I think mm. of what Sharon had, her, her story is that she realized that, you know, I'm going to put my trust in who God is mm-hmm. and not, you know, not in the situation that I'm facing. Right. And, uh, the, the other, uh, the other thing that, um, Ben Foley says in this book is this kind of hope that putting your trust in the character of God gives us the endurance we need, kind of like pedaling a bike for long distances, like we talked about in an (laughs) earlier episode, um, gives us the endurance we need in what I like to call, which is Ben talking. He said, what I like to call the in-between, the place in between the promises of God and the fulfillment of of those promises. Isn't that where we often find ourselves in that in-between place? I'm kind of thinking that's that's our life here on earth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have the promises in scripture and we're walking our lives trusting in those promises. And as in Hebrews, some people died without really seeing the full tangible fulfillment of those yeah. promises but that did not alter their faith and trust in god right that's yeah. how we want to live yeah 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 that's good it's uh that's the world in which we live the waiting time period the waiting <laughs> here in advent season we are in a time of waiting yes waiting 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 so now, <clears throat> one of the things I mention in my book is this author, M. Scott Peck, mm-hmm. um, who really had an influence on me regarding this idea of waiting and actually intentionally making ourselves wait. Um, he, he reminded me of this idea of delaying gratification and that there's something we can look forward to on the other side of suffering. My friend Ben Foley says, well, that's the promise of God that we're waiting for, the right. fulfillment of that promise. Yes. And M. Scott Peck, who I, well, he wasn't a believer at one point, and then through some of his writing, you discover he became a Christian, and he, he tells more about that in some of his later writings. But uh, in his book, The Road Last Traveled, he talks about this idea of delaying gratification and, and the willingness to suffer. And one of the things that really stood out to me um, in his book, and, and so I quote this, I say, life is difficult. Most do not mm-hmm. fully see this truth that life is difficult. Instead, they moan more or less incessantly, noisily, or subtly, mm-hmm. as if life should be easy. 
Wow. <laughs> you know, I if we accept the desert times, mm -hmm. which totally goes against our grain as right. humans, and rather than trying to make them, always trying to make the suffering go away, mm. it can lead to discovering real life. Hmm. Real life. Yeah. Which yeah. is not based on the absence of suffering. Yeah. So often we want it to be. Of course we do. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we don't like to suffer. And we don't like to wait either. Right. But at least for me, I know that it's in the waiting and in the, the courage to push through suffering that I always find that there's better things on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. That usually when th things come easily, mm -hmm. those are usually not the things that are the most fulfilling. And those are the things that I will admit that I have a tendency in my natural self to gravitate towards. Well, why can't this just be easy? Why <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why can't I just work through this? Why can't I just get over this, you know? Nancy, I'm curious, what were some of your thoughts as you read through this particular chapter on hope, on seeking hope, what things stood out to you? Well, I liked what you said that accepting that life is difficult ultimately produces joy. Then suffering and difficulty should not be avoided, but embraced with open arms. I don't think that comes naturally. It doesn't. I'm not thrilled about the road that I am on right. with my health journey. But it, you then go on to refer to Romans 5, 3 mm -hmm. and 4. Yeah. But you omitted 5, 3a. Well, <laughs> which bring says... it in context, Nancy. Bring it in context. We do not want to take scripture out of context on this podcast. In the Passion Translation, Romans 5, 3a says, and then I'll go on to read the rest of what you have mm -hmm. quoted. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that, and here's now what you have written down, suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Mm -hmm. So yeah. even in times of trouble, we can have a joyful confidence. I yeah. want to live with that joyful confidence in the waiting yeah. between the promise given and the promise fulfilled. Yeah. And that idea of joyful confidence, I think is very good. I wonder for those who are listening and for all of us as humans, where is it that we typically put our confidence? Because if I put my confidence, I, I'll be honest, I have a tendency to naturally put my confidence in myself mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to be able to figure this out. Mm -hmm. I'm fairly young still. I'm fairly strong. I'm fairly intelligent. I can think through things. But uh, when I've done that, it usually doesn't work out very <laughs> well. I put my confidence in myself. I say, I'm going to figure this do out you, or I'm going to... Do you have any examples, Kendall? Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> where do I start? That you're willing to share? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, a context of when I did this in the most pervasive way would have been in my later teen years when I was a senior in high school. I just, I put a lot of confidence in my personal ability mm-hmm. to, I'm going to do this. I don't need God. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am, I, I got a driver's license. I got a job. I have money. I can, I can figure out life. I got a better plan for my life than God does and anybody else. And I'm just going to navigate this in a way that makes me happy. You know, right. things work out well for my life. Well, I will tell you that those years, thankfully, they were few before I had a wake-up call mm-hmm. that came from my high school coach. Um, I, I, I regret. There are so many regrets I have just from those few years of trying to do things on my own. And so for the rest of my life now, those um, painful years are thankfully the wake-up call for me to say, all right, how can I make sure I don't do this? Right. As I go into the holiday season, how can I make sure it's not about what makes me comfortable? There are other people that like to have decorations (laughs) and... Be, you know, and so those okay. of us are out there. Yes. <laughs> so how can I bless the people that are around me and, mm. you know, hang a, a few ornaments on the tree and do do the things that, you know, honor and bless those around me? Mm-hmm. When you think about this idea of finding that joyful confidence, how what's been your journey in finding where you place your confidence. Mm -hmm. I'm sure in your cancer journey, I'm sure there's some tendency to put your confidence in the, um, the the medical opportunities and, you know, things that could happen. I know I'm writing my second book right now. And actually I reference the, I'm anticipating that when the book is published, the, uh, the, the vaccine for COVID will have uh, been oh. more pervasively spread. Okay. And, and so there'll be like this cure. Yay. Yes. You know, we've conquered COVID. Yes. When in reality, it's sort of a hollow victory because we didn't conquer death. All we did was figure out a way to prolong it and maybe redirect the options of what people might oh. be likely to die from. <laughs> yes. So... I am taking a pill that has prolonged my life, and it's easy for me to trust in that. And when the first pill that I was taking, the first medicine, stopped working, it shook my mm, world. Sure, I had yeah. a come to Jesus meeting with Jesus, and uh-huh. I was by myself in my house, and I, I was so upset and angry. Mm. I had a cup in my hand, a glass with water, mm-hmm. and I wanted to throw it mm-hmm. at the wall. Yeah, but. I knew I'd be the one to clean it up, so I did. <laughs> and it wouldn't have helped anyway. Right, yeah. But yeah. Um, so am I trusting in this medicine? Am I trusting in my doctors? Um, I thank God for them. Mm-hmm. But I guess whenever we talk about this whole thing and of hope and delayed gratification, I, al- I always go to heaven, mm-hmm. think of heaven. Yeah. Because to me, that is the ultimate promise mm-hmm. fulfilled yes yeah. and so that's where my hope 
lies. Mm -hmm. That even if all the stuff that we're, all the medical advances that we have, mm -hmm. when it comes my time to die, because as we said before, it will happen to right. not just me, yeah. but all of us. <laughs> so when that time comes, I can still have a joyful hope because I know my future is better than my past. Mm -hmm. mm, I mean, that's come good. on. Yeah, yeah. And so that is, ultimately, that's my hope. Right. And that gives me a joyful confidence. Not every moment of every day. Right. But it's the foundation on which I live my life. Yes, yes. And that's, and that's in the promises of God. Yes. Just like... Uh, the Hope Rising book talks about that, Promises of God. That's Amen. really good. Anything else? Any other thoughts that stood out to you in this particular chapter? I just wrote that our attitude during suffering makes the difference. Mm. And also our attitude about suffering. Yeah. Those, our attitude mm. is really, well, that's joyful confidence is how right. An right. attitude that is focused on God. Yeah. I think that's what we're yeah. saying. Yeah. If our attitude, our heart is focused on God, we have hope. Right. And that's what Sharon was talking about a little bit too, that joy. Yes. Having that joy. Mm -hmm. And how can we have the joy? Well, it's got to be rooted in God. Right. It has to be rooted in God. Amen. All right. That's our show for today. Blessings to you and to those you love. We're glad you have been listening to us talk about living a life that lasts. Now, it's your turn. Courageously, sacrificially, live this week in such a way that your life will be a life that lasts. Mm -hmm.